morning, hip-hop heads. How are we doing today? This is Lance Robertson, the founder of the Culture Surfing Podcast. I got a very special guest. We can call her family for today's episode. She just did a great interview with the legendary MC Light. She is a Def Pen family. Of course, y'all know that I write for Def Pen, cover the Dallas Mavericks for Def Pen. Shout out to Jared. He is the guy. But this lovely lady, uh, I'm very impressed by the interview, and it actually was her first. So uh, let's just get right into it. Mirdy, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing marvelous. I want to thank you. I know you're a busy lady. I know you are a contributor for the Def Pen Kicks site. You do a little bit of the social media for Def Pen overall. Uh, so how long have you been with uh, Def Pen? Um, I've been with Def Pen now. I want to say it's going on three years. But, you know, it all started off very slowly. Um, like you said, you know, I, I am busy with other stuff. But, yeah, I, um, I came across Def Pen and kind of um, linked up with them about three years ago. Okay, yeah. So for the ones that don't know, Def Pen is based out of New York and Jared is CEO. Uh, but yeah, Mary, once again, thanks for coming in. Uh, I like to do this with my guests. A lot of times I get some interesting answers because I know usually the top five is always like Biggie, Pac, and whoever, right? Yeah. But it kind of lets you know who you're dealing with. So who are your top five rappers of all time? All right. Well, I'm going to probably go with a lot of the obvious, but I would like to say that I've realized when people pick their top five, a lot of it has to do with their age, you know, when they kind of were introduced to hip hop, what artists they were listening to at the time. So with that being said, my my personal top five, number one is Nas. Nas is number one. Um, number two is Jay-Z. Number three is Tupac. Four is Biggie. And the fifth one for a long time, I couldn't really figure out who I wanted because there's so many rappers that I really like. And I don't think many people have this person in their top five or even top, I don't know, maybe top 10, but Lupa Fiasco. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I honestly like that one. Honestly, that's pretty much the essential because you get everything you need. And as you say, the fifth spot, like to me, the fifth spot, it comes and goes. I try yeah. to keep Pac in there. I try to keep Pac in there all the time, but... It's just, it's hard for the deceased rappers like to just stay in there because there's so much more talent coming in. That, exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. Like, I, and I'll be upfront with you. I, I dropped my top five a long time ago, but Biggie's not even in my top five. So yeah, as yeah. much as I respect him, but he, the lack of albums and the lack of content, it's kind of hard for me to keep him in there. Well, so. it was tough too, because, you know, we unfortunately lost Biggie at like the pinnacle of his career. So it's like, he was only able to give us, you know, two albums but within those two albums you know one being what i would think is like the most amazing double album ever um he gave us great music and it's timeless you know it's still being played and that's one of the reasons why biggie is in my top five along with you know the flow the storytelling the it's funny he was very confident cocky but like i don't even know how to say it but, you know even just him saying black and ugly as ever like who says that about themselves? And I remember when I first heard that, that was like one of the lines that I just, just made me fall in love with Biggie, as weird as it may sound. <laughs> I mean, he he put a lot of things on the map, including Coogee. I don't think I know. I don't know oh, yeah. if I would know what Coogee was if it wasn't for him. Maybe the Cosby sweaters. I don't know. But nah, Biggie was definitely influential. Uh, I have had this conversation before with people. You can maybe say that Jay-Z wouldn't be as big as he is today. Although I don't know if I believe that because I think he would have found a way out anyways. Absolutely, so like yeah. Biggie being there, you know, in Brooklyn, like being the big dog, the king, maybe it would have took Jay-Z a little longer. But either way, I love that list. I love that you added Lupe because The Cool is like one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I don't even think you have to be a hip hop fan to to enjoy that album because it's just so diverse. Yeah. And the story that the stories that he's telling are... I think ahead of ahead of ahead of their time, yeah. honestly. Um, so. I don't know if you. I recently learned, and I don't know, you know, random stuff that you come across on the internet or by reading. But um, Nas actually is what influenced um, the cool. So you know, Lupe talks about Nas being an influence to him in the writing, and I remember reading that the cool was one of those things that he influenced. So yeah, I love that. Makes cool sense. <laughs> I, that makes sense. I wonder what exactly about Nas. I mean, obviously, Nas is like to me, the best storyteller. And I know a lot of people will say Slick Rick and all that. And honestly, that's, yeah, they're definitely okay to say that because to me, he's the OG storyteller. But like Nas is the best. Like Rewind, One Mic is kind of a 
storytelling song. Yeah. Pretty much his first album is full of, Illmatic is full of storytelling. Exactly. Like One Love, all that. Yeah, so. no, um, Illmatic, you know, I mean, obviously that's one of the reasons why Nas is my number one favorite rapper ever is Illmatic. Like he just puts you in the scene. He, it's like you're, you're sitting passenger side of the window and you're able to see vividly everything that he's talking about. And for me, you know, I grew up in um, Northern California, but on the coast, close to Santa Cruz. Mm. And so, you know, I had never even experienced New York, probably seen it in like TV or something. I had no idea what the life like was there. But to me, Illmatic gave me like a visual of what life in New York for a, you know, a kid in the projects was like. And I know nothing about that world, but, you know, it just, it was very intriguing. The stories he was telling, um, I just fell in love with it. <laughs> I really pegged you, and I, and I this is silly because I don't know you, but <laughs> just, I just pegged you for a, a New York or a East Coast girl. I didn't yeah. know that you were, okay. <laughs> Not at all. I just really love, I think, um, I thought about it too when I was making my list. I'm like, I really love East Coast rap. I, I do, you know, for a long time. That's mainly what I listen to, but no, I'm I'm from the West Coast, and I have a lot of love for the West Coast, West Coast rap um, rappers, Bay Area rappers. But when it comes to like top five, there's quite a few, you know. Um, I guess East Coast, Midwest. <laughs> you speaking of you know coming from the West Coast, and I mean obviously a bunch of legendary uh, music from there. I mean, the '90s, especially in the early 2000s, to me, I think dominated with the West Coast uh, genre. Like what got you into yeah. hip hop? Do you remember the song or the rapper or the album or the moment that you were like, yeah, this is for me? Um, you know, I have, um, I have an older sister. So my sister is five years older and she was always listening to like hip hop and R&B. And I remember her, you know, listening to Queen Latifah, MC Light, Moni Love. Um, she was listening to uh, Belle Bib DeVoe. I mean, so she kind of introduced me to music and then just on my own I just really kind of fell in love with it started you know listening to it started listening to different artists and um yeah I, so it's really my sister I always attribute it to her sneakers my love for sneakers and my love for music comes from my sister it's always good to have so <laughs> I'm always happy I wasn't an only child because I don't know I think you just miss out on so much like lessons and just picking up on yeah. stuff that's above your you know age and whatnot that I know it sucks yeah. sometimes, but I think for the most part, it's awesome to have like an older or, you know, brother or sister. Cause that's where I kind of got my hip hop influence. Uh, I don't know if you know of the group do or die. Yeah. that. Yeah, so my brother used to jam that <laughs> in, uh, you know, like he would take me to school and we'd be playing that stuff. And I thought I was the coolest kid stepping out of the car, you know, playing do or die with Twista, <laughs> like featuring and, it's, it's just cool to have have that, man. I, I love it. Yeah, I thought I was the coolest kid. No, you still got to step out the car. You're not that cool after you step out the car. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I was super cool, too, because, you know, I had my sister who, of course, I looked up to and admired, and I thought she was the coolest thing ever. So, you know, when I'd go to school and, like, even elementary and middle school, like, asking my friends, like, oh, have you heard this song? And they're like, no, I'd be like, you haven't heard of this person? Like, you know, but... Yeah, not everyone's into hip hop and rap, but I definitely was. So do you remember your first album or um, tape or CD? First, I know one of the first CDs that I got. And it's funny because um, I don't know how, if you remember like back in the days when you could buy like 12 CDs for a dollar, like on a magazine. And it was like through BMG or like that music subscription. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you'd get 12 CDs for one cent, but then every month they'd charge you like obviously $16.99 for one album. But um, as a kid, I used to um, order that and put it under, you know, my name. But of course, I would never paid anything. So I got all these free CDs. And um, ironically, Illmatic was sent to me. I didn't even order it. And I remember, you know, back then, it had just dropped, I believe. And I remember looking at it. And I was like, who is Naz? I did not order Naz. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name. But um, then I played it and I realized that it was the guy I had heard on the song Live at the Barbecue. I like put it together at that point. Yeah. And I actually, I think, yeah, that was his like uh, first like posse cut, yeah. like his first big feature yeah. that kind of got him on. Yeah. And you say Naz, but it's funny. <laughs> Jay-Z said the same thing in Blueprint 2 when he dissed him. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't even know how to properly pronounce his name. 
but um, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, live at the barbecue is another reason why he's in my like top, you know, my number one position is the fact that at 19, it was just a 16, uh, a 16 line verse that created this like hype around him. And people wanted to know who is this kid, you know, and um, I don't know too many artists even now that have done that. Nah, well, especially at the lyrical, like with the lyrical yeah. prowess that he presented too. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of young hip hop artists, but none of them come across as complex as he as he did at that age. You yeah, know? no, not many anyway. So <laughs> let's get right into it. I, did you watch the Grammys? Um, I did not watch the Grammys, but I saw the results of the Grammys. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I honestly. <sighs> I don't take much stock into award shows anymore. Yeah. I did as a teenager. Like, I think they were more fun. I thought the, I think performances were more fun back then. Maybe that's just me speaking like someone that's getting older, I guess. I don't know. I, think, I feel like it, everyone I think does also that, it, it comes with, you know, as we get older, but also when you realize really what the Grammys truly are, you know, who is behind the Grammys and um, yeah, the music that gets selected, who ends up winning so I think if you're truly love music and you're looking for, you know, them to give the award to like the very best artist, it doesn't always happen. It's more popularity, you know, their label, who has connections, who's paying what. So it's a lot of politics involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I was watching uh, or listening, watching the Joe Budden podcast. And I don't know if you ever listen or watch that. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh and they were talking about the Grammys and how it was essentially like a a Rock Nation thing. Okay. Yep. Like, I guess a lot of Rock Nation artists for whatever reason. And honestly, I don't know if I subscribe to all of that because I think a lot of the artists that they said won kind of deserve it anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think sometimes it is political. I mean, just like anything else in this world, like there's always an agenda behind it or whatever. But this year in particular, I did like uh, for hip hop artists, I thought... It was. It's funny because even though it was a uh, last year was mostly just pandemic, there was a lot of artists that got a chance like to shine with these nominees. I would never expect like someone from Griselda or Freddie Gibbs to be like nominated yeah. for a best you know best album of the year. Now, obviously, Nas. I can, I can see yeah. that. No, yeah. I mean, and, I was surprised at some of the you know the the albums that were on there. Um, just give it not that I didn't listen to them or that I wasn't a fan of the music, but just because they are the Grammys. Yeah. Cause those are very much street artists. Yeah. And I mean, usually that those are reserved for, I mean, gosh, how can I say this? Like More mainstream pop popular, rap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact that Royce the five nine was nominated, which I thought yes. category is a great album, but I was very surprised that he was nominated one of the most lyrical, you know, I mean, you could say he's maybe better than Eminem when it comes to just straight lyric, yeah. like lyrical ability, you know, and for him to finally get that due, because uh, I know he did some stuff when they did, uh, what is it called, Bad, uh, what is it, Good Verse Evil or Bad Verse, oh. the album he did with Eminem. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of it either. <laughs> like, good. I think they went platinum where he got some kind of like commercial status on he that. He did, yeah, and I, I don't even know that Royce wants that commercial I guess success. Maybe right. He's happy making the music he's making. And the people mm -hmm. who like it like it. But I'm sure you know being nominated was a nice feeling for him, even though he didn't win. Of course, and and you know what? I don't even like saying commercial. Like it's a bad yeah. thing, but it's it's just obviously when you're dealing with rappers such as Freddie Gibbs or like anyone from Griselda, it's just like for them to even be mentioned in that category. I think it's it's a great thing for hip hop. So. I want to get right into it. You being a big Nas fan, and I, I, I will just prefix this and say I like the Nas album. But do you think the right artist won uh, Best Hip Hop Artist this year for the Grammys? Yes, absolutely. And I do. I think that that's the best album. We can talk about that as well. But yes, I believe the right artist won the Grammy because I mean the the Grammys now it seems are less about the album and more about getting like your just due. And if we look back at Nas's career, I mean, he was first nominated in 1996 for If I Ruled the World, and he didn't win. He's been nominated 14 times. So I feel like this was the Grammys, you know, version of, or the Grammys way of saying, okay, Nas, 
we know you deserved it probably a long time ago, but now we're finally going to give it to you. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to parallel it with. Nas winning this year is like Leo winning the year that he won for the revenue. Yeah, it, it's because oh, it's kind of a slap in the face, but it's I don't even know how to explain it because it's like I should have won a long time ago, and I was deserving of this award many times for other work that I did. And you're now finally, you know, acknowledging it, which is great. And I'm so happy for Nas. And um, this has nothing to do with it, but the fact that he he's my favorite rapper and he won on my birthday. <laughs> Oh yeah, wow! It was great. Even to, even yeah. to make it a better moment. Exactly, I was like, "Look at that!" That's uh, awesome. I made him win on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I just I liked it. I really so. This is one thing I don't really agree with either. But everyone's always saying that Nas picks bad beats or blah blah yeah. blah. But but man, he got with Hit Boy on this one. I think Hit Boy had a crazy 2020 because he was working with everybody. Everything. Benny had some yeah. stuff with who else? Well, Nas obviously. Mm -hmm. Big Sean. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, he did. Some, yeah, Hit Boy. Had so, an amazing get, yeah, getting with uh, with Hit Boy, like, and God, this sounds so cliche, but I've said this many times. It sounded like a movie production. It was it was more than just random, like, song listings. It felt like it all flowed and it meshed well. So it's felt cinematic in a way. So it, I guess it does feel like a Grammy album. Yeah, I think it's crazy, too. I think... Um, a lot of us, and I say us as Nas fans, were kind of expect what we got with um, King's Disease is probably what we thought we were going to get with that Kanye album. <laughs> Just the, the level of like the production, you know, the the songs, the themes, the flow. And unfortunately, you know, that album, we know it wasn't one of Nas's best. <laughs> you know what, though? And I know it's easy to pick on Kanye, but I really think that's more so Kanye than Nas. I think Kanye probably wasn't in the right place yeah. to do something like that. Maybe if it was like five years prior, like I think it would have been great. But maybe Kanye was just not yeah, no, it, where he needed really to be. It's really weird too because like some of the beats, um, what's the one with um, Adam and Eve? Like that beat is mm -hmm. so hard to me. And I love that song. That's one of the few songs, you know, that I really love on that album. But it almost seemed like Nas's like the cadence at which he was rapping just didn't fit the the beats and the song. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was really weird. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not that Nas can't rap. Like, yes, Nas is not rapping at the level of Illmatic anymore, but Nas can still really rap and he's great. But on Nasir, it just it didn't fit. It sounded weird to me. Yeah. I wonder if they even were in studio together or did they just uh, send each other the tracks? Like it was like a, a joint, like they were in the studio together working on it. It just seemed like it was very, here's a beat that I made now, rap over it. <laughs> so as we talk about Nas, like inspiring us and being our favorites, like in writing, like, first of all, how long have you been writing? I should start yeah, off by saying so, that. Um, I was writing when I was in high school. I actually, my high school had a video um, production academy where we would um, learn to write like journalism, basically preparing us for journalism. And um, during that time there, I was um, the sports editor for our school newspaper. And so we would, you know, put out a paper once a month. We were high school kids. It took us a while, but um, I would write, you know, sports stories and music stories there as well as being the editor um, we had a, a news program that we ran every morning in homeroom and I was one of the anchors there. So um, it's always been something that I've loved to do. And it's funny, my mom keeps everything. I mean, like everything that we've ever done. And so my mom still has like, you know, all my stories that I wrote that were published in our school newspaper. And it's kind of cool seeing it. Um, so I've been writing since then. And then I took a really, really long break because um, when I started college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to major in. I started off with journalism and I remember a teacher kind of telling me like, you know, you might want to pick a different, um, you might want to pick a different major. I'm not sure that journalism is really for you. And that really, really discouraged me. That sounds, that's not where I thought that was going. I'm sorry. No, I thought fine. that was going like, somewhere no, else. No, it's totally fine. Be, like it really discouraged me. And so I just kind of decided to go with something else that I really love, which was kinesiology. And, you know, just, and yeah, I'm a chiropractor. So um, I really love what I do, but I also have, you know, these other things that I love doing, which is writing, you know, interviewing. Um, yeah. So it's, 
it, it's not a bad thing at all. But now that I think about it, I'm like, God, you know, I was a kid, but I'm like, I should have, you know, maybe taken a few more classes and not given up so easily. But, but Miri, you know what? Like, as bad as it sounds, like maybe you did choose the right career. Cause I mean, I know so, we know so many great writers that don't get paid no, no, anywhere yeah. near the amount that they should get paid. Absolutely. And it's yeah. such an oversaturated market that, Maybe your teacher was a truth teller and like the future teller because man, everyone's pivoting to video. All these huge publications that we think have so much money to pay their writers are like, you know, cutting people off, laying people off. It's just sad state of affairs for, you know, yeah. journalists. No, it's uh, kind of crazy too business. that, you know, I mean, back then, you know, things, the internet was kind of coming around, of course, you know, yeah, we had, you know, it, it wasn't what it is today. We didn't have social media and all that. And I feel like now being at the, space where we are, even though it's not something I majored in and it's just something that I'm passionate about and love, I've been given these opportunities because of social media. And so I'm still able to do it. You know, it's just on a, on a different scale than what I once thought I wanted to do. So yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I'm actually pretty grateful. It's one of the things now that I think back on that I think inspires me. It's just like being told you're not good at something. And yeah, maybe I'm not the best at it, but it's something that I truly enjoy. And so I'm going to continue doing it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be just music or uh, sports, like yeah. any kind of writing. Who who are your like biggest inspirations when it comes to writing? Like that keeps you wanting to write and strive to maybe be what who they are one day, like in the writing sphere. So it's it's the same person, and it's funny because she's obviously now she does a lot more. Um, interviewing and you know she has shows and everything but back in the day Angie Martinez like Angie Martinez has always been an inspiration for me like just with hip-hop and just everything and um yeah there's not too many people that I you know I, I have a lot of friends who write you know even on Def Pen they're all inspiring seeing the the amazing work that they put out um you know I have friends who do copywriting I have friends that do podcasts so I have friends that in like different spaces and they all inspire me. But like to say one person in particular, I think I just always think back to Angie Martinez. Like she's somebody that I've always like, I thought she was so cool and I wanted to be just like her. <laughs> I mean, she was very cool. I mean, yeah. to me, she is hot 97. I know yes. people think of Funk Master Flex and everybody else. But to me, I, Angie Martinez is hot 97 to me. Yeah. yeah. And more than writing, like just her, her interview style, I think that's one of the things I love about her is that she finds ways to connect and have these artists kind of open up to her in a manner in which not a lot of people are able to. And she's not condescending and she's not rude to them and she's not, you know, a shit talker. And but she just gives these great quality interviews and she asks the right questions. And um, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And yeah, she's one of the best, in my opinion. Definitely pioneer when it you know, comes to, you know, radio personalities, obviously, yeah. lady women uh lady uh radio personalities and uh yeah uh definitely i i think one of the main things i remember is uh when jay-z i think it was jay-z called in after ether came out <laughs> yeah that's one of my i think and she was actually on the on the on the call that day and uh they said he cried i don't know if he cried i mean he sounded like he was down but that i remember that i don't remember it live because unfortunately you know I don't want to say unfortunately, but I stay, I'm from Texas. So that stuff is not going to hit my airwaves right away, especially back then. But I yeah. always go back to listening to that when I need a good laugh. So, yeah, well, even, I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew up, like I said, you know, where I grew up, a lot of that stuff didn't get played. I mean, even like TV wise, you know, we didn't, I didn't know what BET was until I moved to Long Beach, which is where I now live. Um, and that's because I went to college out here and I just never, you know, I, I relocated here, but yeah, a lot of stuff, you know, I don't even know how I came across it or how I found it because it wasn't something that was popular where I grew up or it wasn't something that everyone was into, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, what do you mean? What, what was a popular like BET or like BET? No one knew who BET was. Really? I mean, yeah. No, not where I grew up. We didn't, that was in a demographic that BET would capture. So there was no need for BET there at the okay. time. Um, um, my town is primarily Mexican. And so, you know, we have, yeah, all the Spanish shows we're showing, um, music wise, you know, a lot of Bay area music, like local artists were being played or like the top 40 pop songs. Um, 
but yeah, like rap wise, sure. You know, my friends and I, um, mainly like my guy friends from school, we listened to it, but the music that I was listening to wasn't something that was popular then or that everyone was listening to. Gotcha. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, my, my first recollection of BT is it's ironic going to my great grandmother's house and she had cable, whereas my grandmother had, uh, satellite which sucks because satellite is like everyone has to watch the same uh, tv station that's horrible uh so i would go to my grandma's and i just flip the channels and of course your great grandma is is, she just lets you do what you want to do because she's just happy that you're over there so i like put on bet and like 106 and park would be on you know and i'm like this is the good 106 park with aj and free you know like the fun stuff not the whatever they try to do after they left you know that those are my first recollections and uh it's interesting, like on the West Coast, that y'all just didn't have that. Because I'm from I'm from the South. I'm from Texas, so yeah. you know we're in the middle. We're in the middle of everything. Because I know back in the day, West Coast, East Coast, kind of dominated the airways, and you know the South was always the middle child. And of course, now look at it; it's kind of inverse of that. But exactly, yeah. No, I mean I'm sure it was in the West Coast. It just wasn't um, in my area. Gotcha. Because you know, like it, I came from a really small town. So again, BT wasn't something that their demographic was, it was going to fit the demographics. So, um, but I remember, you know, Yo! MTV Raps, that was, I used to come home every day. My sister and I would watch that with Fab Five Freddy. And that was, you know, classic. And that was like my first introduction, I guess, video wise to it. Um, wait, no, the box. I think the box was out before then. Um, yeah, the box you would call and people would pay like a dollar to have a video played. And I didn't have money to call and pay. So I would just sit there and hope that somebody paid a dollar to, uh, to request the video that I wanted to watch. Man, that's, <laughs> that's hip hop though in its purest form. Like, yeah. like back in the day, those top 10 shows. And it's funny cause it's just like, it, it's like the TikTok of music videos. You only see like 30 seconds of the video <laughs> and then they move on, but it's cool. I, I think you get a lot of raw moments in the, in those. It's, it's not a lot of scripted stuff. It didn't seem like, you know, like they just yeah, went off cuff. Yeah, one of the first videos I saw on there was um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. That was my introduction to them, the um, Crossroads. And I was like, who Classic. is this? You know, like, because they were so different, the sound and the look. And yeah, and I remember then after that, I would hope that somebody called in and requested that video so I could watch it. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of, I miss going back to those days. Like, because like I said, now I don't, I just get everything from Twitter or I go on Apple, like, I don't even care about music videos anymore. Like I used to check for those. I used to watch TV, like MTV. I don't even like, there's no reason to check for it. The internet age, I don't want to say ruin it, but they just changed the landscape of how you, how you get your music and how you, I guess, pay attention to like uh, the ads and whatnot. Cause your ads are essentially just like artists on Instagram at this point. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a lot different world. It's very different. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I'm interested in this uh, because I really liked your MC Light interview. I could definitely tell you were a fan of hers. And I just liked the way that she came off. She definitely had a lot to say. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm happy you were able to get her to say some stuff. Because I know sometimes, unfortunately, maybe the artists have other stuff on their minds or busy. Or they're just not into it. But it looks like you got a lot out of her. And, you know, it was your first time. But, like, who's the, who's another artist or maybe the one artist that I might know this answer now that you strive to interview? <laughs> you do so that's why I think every, anybody who knows me knows like my what my answers are going to be especially when it comes to you know yeah if you ask me like who's one person I would want to meet or one person I would want to interview of course absolutely okay so I'm gonna throw something in here for you just to make this even more fun uh and this yeah, is yeah, yeah. like interview stuff like what are three questions that you have to ask him that might be a little hard but that is hard. I guess I would, I would want to, I would want to know, I would want to know how he feels now about um, the whole ether, the, the whole beef with him and Jay-Z, you know, how they were really able to squash it or what truly happened. I know we hear stories. I don't know that we ever, you know, are going to know the, the truth behind that. Um, I'm sure there's stuff that's left out or, you know, modified, but I would want to ask him about that. Um more so than anything now, I'd want to ask him about, I don't know, to me, he just seems like he's grown a lot. He seems like he's in a really good place. Like he's very happy. Um, he seems like he's left, you know, 
the bitterness or the angry um, relationship stuff behind. And I would just want to ask him about, you know, like how he reached the place he's at now. Just, he seems even in the last album, King's disease, you know, he sounds like he's grown like the, the song with him and Foxy and um, AZ and uh, Cormega. I love it because it's like, it's them, the firm, but they're not talking about what we wanted or what we expected, I guess, them to talk about. They're so, it's like, it's different, but it's beautiful because it's like, yes, we're like in our forties or them fifties, you know, now. So you shouldn't be talking about the same stuff. Now they're talking about relationships and how they want to do right. And they've grown and it's not about being a player anymore. So I would want to ask him about that too. You know, the, the growth, obviously. Um, third question. I would absolutely have to ask him how the hell he looks so damn young when he drinks so much Tennessee <laughs> and smokes. <laughs> like, is that, is that skincare routine? For those who don't know Nas, is, I believe he's like the official, I don't know if he's an official spokesperson, but he's definitely in all of the Hennessy ads. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently the, um, there was like a, the letter that he, it's like a, a short commercial, but it's a letter to, to his daughter, Destiny. Oh, that's beautiful. Where he's talking about, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. So it's talking about, you know, um, the racial inequality that, you know, African-Americans have had to deal with and how, you know, he wants to kind of, I guess, be part of the change and let her see that there's more to them and their culture than the struggle and like the stuff that they've been through, that there's beauty in it. And it's it was actually a really cool little commercial. And I'm like, oh, Nas is definitely the the spokesperson for Hennessy because Hennessy is putting a lot. Well, that's him. nice that they even, uh, I don't want to say allowed him, but they gave him the go to be like, go ahead. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that is actually pretty cool. I haven't seen it. I'm about to look for that. Cause I see it. I see his, uh, cause you know, his raspy voice and it's like signature. It comes yeah. on. I'm like, yeah, that's Nas. I wonder he start, you know, yeah. getting with Hennessy. So I'm glad he's getting the Hennessy money. Uh, yeah, those are no, some good questions though, especially I really love the second one because I also got that that he's a, like he knows who he is and he's he's done with the Khalees drama and and stuff with Karm Karma his you know baby mother to to Destiny and whatnot. But uh, I'm glad to see him not being bitter anymore. Although let's be honest, like a lot of times bitterness makes great music, but it kind of yes. poisons your soul. And I'm and I'm happy he's released from that. And and I too like the Firm song. I was also surprised that it's. It's a little different, but like, yeah, I guess not everyone can be 50 rapping like too short. So, you know, I understand. Well, even just like the subject matters, you know, I think as we get older, yeah, the things that are important to you or the things you're um, dealing with or experiencing obviously change, we would hope so. And um, it's nice to see, you know, artists like Nas and Jay-Z, you know, they've been around for so long and they've been able to remain relevant. And I think it's because they've grown with their music. You know, they're not rapping about the same things that they were rapping about when they were 19, 20. So um, it's, it's, I enjoy it. And maybe because I'm old, so, you know, I can relate more to them. I've related to them the whole time that they've been around. So No, I, I agree. I like it as well. Um, especially Jay-Z when he comes out with verses nowadays, it's like a, a PSA like to the people yeah. like uh man what's what is his late uh, the latest song with nipsey oh my goodness like i play that oh yeah. i play that verse like anytime i want to get in like when i'm feeling like to get inspired or or say i see something on the news that's very discouraging i play that you know and it's just like hey you know we're gonna be okay and we realize there's horrible stuff in this world and that people, like whole races of of people are just getting put in very compromising positions that are almost impossible to get out of. So yeah, I, I appreciate the evolution of Nas and Jay-Z. And maybe that's probably why they're my favorite artists because like you said, you get older and yeah, there's a time and a day for like, for lack of a better word, like ignorant music, like just stupid club stuff. There's a time for that. But like sometimes I just want to sit and reflect on life and and artists like that, or maybe like Joe Budden, like with his mood music series, like those are the, that's the type of music I want to listen to when I actually want to think about stuff. So I definitely agree with, yeah. with your take on his, uh, that album probably being his most mature, you know, that he's had. So, and, and I'm glad he yeah. finally got his Grammy, even though you could maybe consider it a lifetime <laughs> achievement award. It doesn't matter. He got the hardware. So honestly, yeah. And I didn't even get to answer or tell you that um, if it was based solely off of like 
quality of an album and like lyrical content and the flow and the production and everything i think definitely without a doubt alfredo there we go some freddie gibbs love because to me that was i I, well actually i'm still jamming that and uh and the benny the butcher album and on quite frankly the conway album i think it's getting slept on the conway album but Listen, I don't, I mean, I am a Griselda mm-hmm. fan. I laugh all the time. Well, I joke with friends that like, I don't know what it is about like drug dealing and rap and like just songs that I can't relate to that I really, really love. But yeah, Benny's album is incredible. Conway, I think is, I go back and forth between who's my favorite, Benny or Conway. But um, the Conway album is amazing. I do feel that it was a little underappreciated. Um in comparison, you know, to some of the other albums that dropped that same year. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just Kanye Conway's image. And also maybe he's not as, I don't want to say he's not as active, like, because he obviously makes a lot of music. But maybe, like, socially, he's not as active as, say, like, a Benny the Butcher, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I really think uh, production-wise, even though Hit Boy's on all of pretty much Benny stuff that Conway had the more cohesive album. I think it, it's, it had, it was music. It wasn't just hip hop. Like it had, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it just, it just felt more complete. And I love Benny's album and I kind of listen to it more, but like for, for more introspective stuff, I do like to listen to the uh, Conway album. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with you. I feel the same way, you know, um, again, some days I'm more, uh, Benny, some days I'm more Mm -hmm. Conway, but to me, I believe Conway gives us better music, better lyrics, um, the cohesiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of like uh, picking hairs here because they all deserve to be nominated. And, and Alfredo, to me, is the best album of the year. But, I mean, you can't be mad that Nas won. That's why when Freddie Gibbs came out and said something about, I rap better when I'm angry. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. I get it, man. You probably should have won, but... At this point, you're going to have more opportunities to do so. Nod's exactly. probably not going to get that opportunity again. So I I get it. Like It's like Michael Jordan being 40 years old and going to the All-Star game, even though he probably shouldn't have went. And someone else that's like 25 is like, hey, man, I probably had the better season, but I get it. So you kind of just got to live with it yeah. and just make keep making great music. So, I'm, I'm yeah, Alfredo definitely to me was the best. I think Alchemist and uh, Alchemist is like a top three producer for me. Uh, and I'm happy that, you know, he's still making relevant stuff. And I don't know. I just, I love these projects where the rappers stick with one producer for the whole album. You know? Yeah. I, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of albums like that too. Um, it, it's nice to hear, you know, again, one producer and just, and it's in the entirety of the album. I, I do appreciate it. Um, I love Alfredo. The production was a plus to me. It was, you know, the alchemist did his thing as he usually does. Um, but yeah, I think, I'll, you know, Gibbs is going to have more opportunities. He's an amazing rapper. So I, I don't see, you know, that being the last time that he's nominated or is, a um, you know, nominated for any awards yeah. in general. It's funny though, Mary, because we, Freddie Gibbs is obviously, I mean, he's been in the game since what, like 2010 around there. Probably yeah. even before that, but because, I guess right I guess because obviously he's been a thing but like when he got signed to CTE or whatever with Jeezy I think that's when we nationally were okay like he's a he's a problem but I think he's like 36 or 37 and Benny's like up there and obviously Conway's probably older than Benny so it's wild that that somehow they are not the uh the oldest like and Nas was I don't like to guess how old he is because he looks pretty young but I mean, Nas is the oldest out of those guys. It's it's crazy to me. And I'm happy because usually hip hop is like, unlike rock, where like we, like, or I shouldn't say we, but in rock, they like honor the old heads and, and they let them keep rocking. Whereas in hip hop, it's like, oh, you're 40, you're old, you're washed. Like, stop it. You know, I just, I, I thought it was beautiful that all these guys that in their latter 30s and 40s and per, perhaps 50s are like getting these honors, you know? I think that's one of the beautiful things about hip hop too, is that, um, you know, a lot of people don't like the changes or the sound, you know, how, you know, for me, I love nineties rap. 
music today doesn't sound like that. And a lot of people don't like it or they're like, I don't like these new artists. For me, I think that's one of the beautiful things about hip hop is that it's it's grown, it keeps changing. And artists, again, like Jay-Z and Nas, I think the reason why they're still in it, even though they're old, you know, to be rapping still, or, you know, what we consider old is that they've a- they've been able to grow of, um, with the music. They've been able to change with the sound too, and it's allowed them to stay relevant. I think Nas, if I'm correct, is like the oldest or has been rapping, I think, for the longest out of all the rappers currently right now. Right. I mean, he came out in 91. That's crazy when you think about it. Some some people listening might not even have been. You know what? I I mean, I was in nineties when I came out. Came out. So yeah, barely barely scratched the (laughs) scratch the the Nas debut. So, but no, that's beautiful. I loved it. Uh, How as bad as two thousand twenty one or two thousand twenty? Well, honestly, two thousand twenty one is not that great either. But as bad as two thousand twenty was, like. For somehow, some way, hip hop, like to me, like it, it just showed how how great it is and how much opportunities uh, present themselves in that culture. And and I just I think it meant the world to a lot of people that like Nas is still in it. And then these old heads, you know, I say old heads are like six years older than me, maybe, but like in hip hop terms, like they were able to get on that pinnacle. And usually it's like dominated by people in their mid twenties, early twenties. So I uh, definitely want to hats off to to Nas and all the gentlemen that were uh, nominated. Maybe we'll see some new blood or more of the same. We'll see next year. But uh, I know before we were recording, we were talking about some shoe stuff and some shoe apps that we may or may not hate to death. But uh. <laughs> I don't know. I I really want to get a feel for you. Like what? Like what's your favorite shoe right now? It doesn't have to be a sports shoe, but like what? What do you? What's your favorite thing to rock or favorite thing that you want that you just can't buy because it's hard to obtain? Yeah. So um, again, I think as I've gotten older, my my taste or what what I wear has also changed to some extent because right now my favorite shoe is the New Balance 992, (laughs) which is, you know, not the coolest shoe in the world, but I think it's pretty cool. But the reason for it is because, you know, I mean, my feet hurt at times. I'm at work standing, working on people all day. And so I need a shoe that is comfortable. So I tend to wear that a lot, you know, and it's also, we've been stuck in the house for the past year. So it's not like I'm out a lot. So when I am out, it's usually for work. So the the New Balance 992 is, is it for me right now. However, like, if I'm going out, of course, you know, I'm going to wear, you know, my Jordans or my Air Maxes and, you know, try and try and uh, get a fit off. But I would say my favorite sneaker besides that would have to be the gold Air Max 97. Like that's my all time favorite. Okay. All time favorite. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I know New Balance got a bad rap for years, but man, those things are comfy. They are. Like, like they are going so- to go grocery shopping, just put those bad boys on. Yeah. Oh my God. And they're ever since Kawhi got signed there, they're starting to come out with cooler colorways and well, they unfortunately they get more expensive too. They had a collaboration with uh, Joe Fresh Goods. They had um, Salem. I, I forget how to properly pronounce his name, but he's had collaborations with New Balance. He's done collaborations with Anta. And I mean, they've, they've had some, yeah, I think even Concepts did a collaboration with them, but New Balance has, has put out some, some great stuff recently. Yeah, I think so, more people are starting to to open up to other shoes besides Nike. <laughs> Nike are just too narrow for me. I kind of have wide feet, so I do. I rock with Adidas pretty much exclusively because I love Nike, but I cannot fit in their shoes. And it's like now that I don't really go shoe shopping because of the pandemic, it's hard for me to to do that. So it's like, well, at least with Adidas, I kind of have an idea of what I wear with them. But yeah, Adidas. New Balance are definitely like up and up. What colorway are you wearing on those? I have the gray, the new, the, just like the neutral, classic neutral gray. Yeah, yeah. you can't and go wrong. You can fit it with anything. So exactly, and it's funny because anytime I get compliments on them, it's usually like my older patients, and by older I mean like sixties and seventies. They're like, "Oh, those are some nice shoes." <laughs> Not like the ones with the neon. Yeah, and then I wear yeah. my other shoes, and they're like those are bright shoes today or those are funky. <laughs> it hurt my eyes, you know? 
Yeah, I, I don't. I think I miss the neon wave too, but I I do like pink or salmon or like Donovan Mitchell has these uh his newest shoes are kind of like inspired by Crayola. Oh, I so saw these are, that. Yeah. yeah. So I have the purple ones. The only problem is they have glitter on them. Uh, yeah, that, like- but they're awesome and they're they're cool. Obviously, I get mixed reviews. Like some people love them. And they're like, oh my god, why are you wearing that? I'm like, well. I mean, they fit and it's like heading to like summertime. These are perfect for the summer, but the yeah. glitter is just like OD. Like if they didn't have glitter on them, I, I, I love them to death. It's just the glitter kind of, you start to go tie your shoe and you have glitter on your hands. It's, it's oh, especially when you're a married man. That gets on you. I'm thinking like glitter within like the, the shoe, like just like shiny. It looked glittery, but you're talking about actual glitter that gets on you. No, hands. like glitter. Yeah. Oh. Like glitter. Yeah, that's and you yeah. already know you get glitter on you. It's like sand; it just doesn't go yeah. away. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would have. I didn't know that they had that. I just, I just love the color. Yeah, and honestly, they were only eighty bucks. So I was like, well, that's a steal. So, Can't beat it. <laughs> so like, we were talking about the sneakers app, and like, I've never downloaded it because I see all the grief that it gets on my timeline. Do you currently have the sneakers app on your phone? I do. And I have an alarm set for like 6.58 a.m. <laughs> to remind me to wake up on, on the days when I would like to start my my day upset by not getting a pair of sneakers. Um, I don't stress over it, honestly, like I used to. I will say that, you know, when it first came out, I mean, I was trying to get everything and I would be upset. I would call my brothers and be like, you got to download this app and I need you to try and get this shoe for me, you know, and my brothers, God bless them, they would do it for me. But, um, you know, now I, I don't, I'm just like, if it's a shoe I really, really like, I'll wake up and try to get it. And if I don't, then it's okay. I don't, I don't need every sneaker. Honestly, I can't wear every sneaker, you know, I have enough already. So, um, I still have it, but I think the last time I won, actually I'm lying. I just want a pair last week. It was, um, what shoes dropped. Sorry. Let me see. Yeah. Let, let, let me know. Cause I always hear nothing but, oh, I hate this app. Why do I have it on my phone? I barely hear any nice things about this app. Yeah, no, I, um, God, it doesn't tell me now where they're at. But I, I hit on a, a pair last week, and so I'm waiting for those to come in. I've been lucky, but I will say I probably, majority of the shoes that I really, really wanted, I didn't get. Yeah. Like the Sakai's, I've never been able to get any of those. Like the collaboration Never. Um, most of the Jordans I don't get. Oh, it's the Air Structure OG. It's a shoe that dropped. Okay. Yeah. I think right now, like, I want a pair of Kobe's, but un- unfortunately, his death and people are terrible and they, like, want to make money off someone that died and, like, you know, exploit it, I guess, for lack of a better word. And it's like they're charging outrageous prices for even used shoes, like, I saw someone try to uh, charge four hundred dollars for like, I mean, use is fine, but these are damn near warped for some Kobe's, and I'm just sneaker culture is, man. As much as I love like shoes, like sometimes it's just it's just terrible, like the the culture because it's it's all about sometimes just reselling and not appreciating the actual shoe itself. That's what I don't like about it anymore. And again, I've accepted that I'm old and, you know, they're not marketing for me. It's a lot of the the shoes, you know, aren't intended for me. I'm not their, their demographic, but you know, I do love sneakers and I'll always love sneakers and I'll continue to wear them and buy them. But um, yeah, now the, the whole reseller thing. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't even know what they're wearing or why they're wearing it. It's just like, well, it's selling out or, you know, Travis Scott wore it. So now I want to wear it and I get it. You know, the younger kids kind of gravitate to that and they want to be like these, um, rappers, athletes, celebrities that they look up to. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, it's kind of turned me off the whole reseller market. I tell people all the time, I will never ever pay over retail for a pair of sneakers. It is not that serious. No, it's literally a pair of shoes that all it takes is one scuff mark and they're unwearable. (laughs) So I understand completely. Uh, so before we get out of here, Mary, uh, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, I say there's been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, this, I mean, it's been going on for centuries at this point, but, uh, lately, uh, with the, uh, George Floyd witness trial, which I think is a complete waste of time, resources, money, and everything above, uh, there's just been a lot of conversation going back and 
forth on my timeline, dreading like perhaps the inevitable harsh truth of maybe we're not going to get the verdict that George Floyd's family deserves. He deserved, we deserve, you know, uh, what's on your mind right now? Like in terms of like just social issues, political issues, what have you? Um, yeah, I mean the, the George Floyd situation is definitely, you know, something that is super tragic and sad. And it's really unfortunate that, like you said, we're even having to, you know, witness a a trial or, and it, it almost feels like they're putting him on trial and try to, you know, paint him out to be this like druggy or whatever and even so if he was that does not justify you murdering somebody ever no matter what he was or what he did in his past or you know how he lived his life that didn't justify any of it and you know that i mean it's unfortunate that it's something that's been happening forever but i think now you know with social media people have said it before we're, we're seeing it being recorded we're have we have access to it visually and, you know, as horrible as it is, um, something needs to be done. I mean, Tupac was talking about racial inequality, racism, police brutality, you know, so this is not anything new. And for me, you know, again, I, um, I'm, I'd like to think that I'm part of the culture and the culture has truly embraced me. And it would almost be, um, I don't even know how to say it, like, how would I look being a part of this culture and not trying to do something or, and, you know, and by doing something, it's just me, you know, talking to people who maybe have different views or friends, you know, who don't understand why, you know, black lives matter. And they want to say all lives matter. And it's like, of course, all lives matter. But right now it's black lives that are being taken away. And it's, these are the issues that we're faced with at the moment. Of course, all lives matter. But do you realize how silly you sound trying to say that when the issue at hand is black lives. And so, you know, just trying to help people understand or look at things from a different perspective. Um, I think it's the least I can do, especially, like I said, being a part of, you know, the hip hop culture, the basketball culture, because in reality, that's a big part of, you know, who's affected by this. Yeah. I mean, that's well said. Uh, It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen do the right thing. Yes. (laughs) So obviously I'm not going to quote it exactly because the N word is said, but pretty much uh, Spike Lee's character is talking to the son of the the pizza owner. And he's like, who's your favorite actor? Eddie Murphy. Who's your favorite basketball player? Magic Johnson. Who's your favorite such and such? He's like, but you realize what color they are, right? Pretty much. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, but they're such and such dropping the N bomb, you know? And they're like, no, but those are those are black people, the people that you love, everything that you like that inspires you, that you enjoy. Those are people. Yes, it's at the end of the day they make content and all this, but there's people behind it. There's stories behind it. They're not just someone that tap dances for you. You know, this is not the menstrual shows of back in the day. Like these people have backgrounds, and, and you respect them. And it's just, I think a lot of times people just want to go, and that's why I like. And bring us back to sports. People were mad about the Black Lives Matter on the court and all this stuff. Just play. I was like, guys, like, there's we honestly should not be playing sports right now. Screw sports. As much as I'm a huge NBA fan, at first I thought it was stupid that they chose to to go back because I was like, this is a deadly di- virus out there that's killing people. There's a lot more on the line right now. Mm-hmm. But of course, businesses will go on and must go on. But at least the NBA found a way to at least like. Although it was just for a couple of months, at least bring it to the forefront and, and show everybody how serious it is, you know, with with social injustices and, and just like systematic racism. It doesn't have to be just from police officers. It it can be from like generational stuff. Uh, no, absolutely. I think the NBA did a great job. And, you know, I mean, the, they have a huge platform and um, I, I'm glad that they're aware and they see who, you know, makes up most of the NBA And again, like we said, you know, those are the people that are being, you know, affected the most. And so I'm glad that the NBA took that stance. I I know a lot of people, you know, who were like, oh, why does it have to be Black Lives Matter? And again, those are the people I try not to get angry because I have to remember that they may not understand why or how it affects, you know, X, Y and Z, because when you grow up around, you know, just a certain and I say this, I guess, mainly more so people that I grew up with, unfortunately, because, you know, a lot of times we get stuck 
in, in our own little world, in our own little town. And we're not seeing those things that are taking place that the whole world is, you know, seeing. So it doesn't almost feel real to us. And it's like, oh, well, maybe that's just like an incident that happened here and there. It doesn't happen all the time. And it's like, it does, but it's maybe not happening in your community because those people don't live in your community, but it happens every fucking day. <laughs> and that's that's the gift and the curse of social media. Like for as much bad as it 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 does, there's a lot of good in it because it exposes a lot of that hate. Mm-hmm. And I and I appreciate that. And people are always like, "Oh, you can't." I was like, "Yeah, it's not that you can't say anything anymore. It's just the stuff that was once said in passing and." And as outrageous as it is that it was said in passing, now you just, yeah, you can't say that. You need to be held accountable for being racist or sexist or or just tone deaf sometimes, man. Just knowing when and when not to say something and someone's going to call you out for it at this point. Yeah, I know they like to say, you know, everything's like, we're, it's so sensitive. You can't say anything like you said. And I agree with you. I don't think it's that you can't say anything. It's that a lot of the shit or stuff people were saying back then was not okay. And it shouldn't have been okay. You know, I was explaining to somebody why, you know, they had to remove or why the, the whole Aunt Jemima. And it's like, yeah, you know, you don't you're not looking at it in that manner. But if you know the history behind how that came about and why, you know, that was the image that was portrayed, then you'd be understanding of it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a white person. So this is what, how I look at it. They're making money off an image of a slave. Is that pretty much... That's that's what it was, right? Like that's that's kind yeah. of a terrible depiction, and then for that to it's just like they're like, oh, but it's it's always. I was like, yeah, but just because something's always been that way, that doesn't mean it's good, dude. Oh, I mean, yeah. Slavery was a thing. That doesn't mean it was good. Like exactly, it's never too late to correct ourselves. Like no, we should always strive to want to change and do better. And um, you know, a lot of these young kids, I mean, they're they're out there wanting change and they're out there doing stuff, and I. I love them for that. I think it, I think we're in a good place um, with, with the youth. I think they're, they bring a lot of good. Um, sure. You know, I may not agree with a lot of the stuff they listen to or the way they look and their little TikTok dances, but um, <laughs> um, all that aside, um, you know, they've, they've done a great job, even with like, you know, with um, all the protests and all of that, like they were at the forefront of a lot of that. And, you know, they're, internet savvy they know how to navigate through it and how to you know get stuff up there so yeah no i i think they did a great job and and i'm happy that um you know they're they're concerned and they're wanting to be a part of the change definitely uh honestly mira i just want to say i had fun here today uh i learned a lot and and like i said i always love it when my guests express and and are not afraid to express themselves because i think it's very important that everyone hears this stuff you know I think for the most part, the people that listen to this are, I don't want to say woke, because I know sometimes I can be come off as like jokingly, but yeah. I, I think for the most part, people that listen to my pod appreciate that. And for the ones that don't, I think they still need to hear it. Like I, I think it's very important that we just keep just being consistent on, hey, like it's not okay to do this. It's not okay to say that. You need to know this before you say it. What's the history behind it? But yeah. Miri... Um, before we get out of here, please, please plug away whatever you want to talk about, whatever you have coming up. Please let the culture surfing crowd know. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing off top that I have coming out, but please, you know, please support Def Pen. Um, we've got some amazing people, you know, working behind the scenes at the forefront there. You know, like we said, shout out to Jared. He's amazing. So, yeah, I just um, please check out Def Pen. Check out the website. Check out all the different channels. We have Def Pen Hoops, Def Pen Sports, Def Pen Kicks, um, the Def Pen, you know, the, the music. Um, I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, I use Twitter for music, jokes, sports, sneakers. But um, if you would like to follow me on there, I'm, I'm on Twitter very actively. <laughs> What's your at? What's your Twitter handle, Miri? It's, it's at Miri, but it's like, underscore underscore mary underscore underscore (laughs) yeah um just i don't know how else you'd be able to find me but you you can find me um i'm on instagram instagram it's at uh, miss mary and yeah just thank you so much for the opportunity i love you know just chatting talking music culture sports all of it so i i truly do appreciate your time and 
Thank you for inviting me. Of course. We'll have, we'll have to do it again sometime, even if it's just to talk about Nas for a whole hour. I'd, I'd love to do that. <laughs> Listen, I can talk about Nas for hours and hours. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing to talk about for hours and hours, honestly. But uh, with that said, y'all, uh, once again, listeners, please make sure to rate, review. I guess Apple doesn't do subscribe anymore. It's a follow. But uh, follow on uh, Apple Podcasts. Let me know what I did right. Let me know what I did wrong. Let me know if I sound stupid. Let me know if I sound smart. Whatever it is, just rate me. And I always take constructive criticism really well. Ask my grandmother. Uh, But uh, with that said, y'all, everybody be safe out there. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask after you get vaccinated. And, uh, you know, we'll make it out of this one. We'll be okay. Y'all have a great day.